You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I'm so thankful that every single one of you guys chose. You made the time, you made it a priority to come to be in the house of God tonight. And I can tell you there's never a bad day to be in church. It's always the right decision. And tonight, already, we can feel the presence of God in this place. And I hope that you have faith and expectation that God is going to work in your situation, in your life, and that you're going to receive something incredible for God. And I remember just every single week coming in this place, often in the back, because that's where I like to be. I like to be hidden in the way back, but they don't let me do that anymore. So now I have to sit in the front. But just feeling the presence of God and coming in here with a really cold, hard heart six years ago, and God slowly, every single week, still showing up, just showing up every Sunday, every Wednesday, coming here, feeling a little bit crunchy, if you will, and God slowly chipping away and changing my heart and changing my life, bringing some of the most incredible people in my life. And I can tell you in this room, if you're seeking for incredible friendships and relationships and a thriving life, first it starts with Jesus. And then it starts with some pretty epic people to join your team. And there's a lot of really epic people in this room. I could go in every section and point out who's sitting next to you. So just stay here. Keep showing up. And I promise you, just like our lives, your life will forever be changed if you want it. So, so good to have you guys here. How many of you guys like road trips? Tis a season for holidays. You guys are crazy. I hate road trips. Okay, good on you. How many of you guys take your kids on road trips? Whoa, you guys are the really brave people. I do neither, actually. A road trip to me is about three hours. I know that doesn't count, but that is my kind of road trip. And when I was little, actually, I have two big brothers. I am the baby of the family, which might explain a lot to you guys, or not. I don't know. You can be the judge of that. But I remember being a little girl, and we did a lot of kind of road trips. Um, We would go camping. Anybody love camping? Yes. That is my life. I'm actually a secret redneck. (laughs) I don't actually actually like to camp, but I like to do redneck activities. We'll say that. (laughs) You up there, or with me, Caleb. But I remember a lot of the weekends, my mom would pack up our pop-up camper, probably because she had us all week long while my dad was at work, and she was like, all right, I need a a little break from all of you cool kids. I'm going to pack up this whole pop-up camper, and when your dad gets home, we're going to send you off on your merry way on this epic adventure in this road trip, and I'd always be so pumped. Anybody get pumped for like road trips? You're like, oh my gosh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to prepare all this stuff. When I was camping, it'd be like sleeping bags and got to get the fishing poles because I grew up fishing, tackle boxes. Of course, we lived in Minnesota, so we had all the inner tubes. We'd go tubing down the rivers, the rope to attach my tube to my dad's tube so he didn't like lose me in the river. My brothers were on their own, but he actually cared about me more. (laughs) He never lost me. 
And you just spend the whole day packing and preparing for this epic trip, this epic camping trip. And as a kid, you're just pumped off your face. You're like so excited. We're going to do all this great stuff and we're going to end up and we're going to be camping and it's going to be the best day ever. We're going to have bonfires. We're going to have s'mores because as a kid, that's all you really need at the end of a trip, a camping trip. But we take short road trips now. We don't do camping trips in the Duth house here, the West Coast Duths. Some of the Midwest Duths do a lot of camping. But we often find ourselves road tripping, if that could even count, to hotels with our children. And they get really excited about the two-hour drive to Palm Desert, where we go and we rough it really hard over there. And they pack their, (laughs) yes, that's right. That is how we camp. Sorry, I will go fishing with you, but I will not sleep in a tent, okay? I could sleep in an RV, though, if it's air-conditioned and it has a shower and stuff. Like, now we're talking. And I can be a camper again. But we pack our girls, and they're always so pumped, you know, in their little two-hour road trip that they don't actually ever get to experience because we're never going to go to the national parks and do all those crazy things, I don't think, unless we have a friend that's going to make us do it in They pack their backpacks because I have two girls. They're going to pack all of their coloring supplies and their card games and whatever else. And we get them in the car and they're just so excited because we're going to go have this epic adventure in Palm Desert. We're going to go sit in that lazy river. We're going to go ahead and go down the water slides. We're going to order food by the pool that I don't have to make so it tastes better. We're going to do all the things and it's going to be so epic. We get in the car and like 30 minutes into it, you all know what happens when you bring your kids, right? Okay, like, first of all, they're hungry, right? Mom, do you have any snacks? Second of all, uh, I have to go to the bathroom. But the most popular is, are we there yet? And you're like, no, we left 30 minutes ago. And we only have two hours of this trip. But as I was thinking of the road trip journey with myself and with my kids, that so often we are so pumped off our faces about the destination that we're headed But among that, in the process and in the journey, there's a lot of joy that we can lose and excitement that we can lose along the way. It often feels like, oh my gosh, I got this really epic prophetic word that I'm going to become this. When is that going to happen? Because that doesn't feel like that's what's happening right now. Or I was promised this really great promotion and position at my job, but right now I'm scrubbing toilets. So when is that going to happen? Or am I there yet? And you begin to get really disgruntled along the journey in the process. We're just like grown up kids and we do the same thing on our road trip of life. But we have a journey that God has for each and every single one of us. You're all on your own journey. I'm on a journey. You're on your own journey. And there's something really incredible for you, but there's a process. And so much of us, so many of us in this room, I know I'm so guilty. I have lost the joy in the journey. I've literally been like, I'm going to pout. I quit my life. This isn't epic. This isn't awesome. I hate the process. Anybody else impatient like me? I just want to do it. And I just want to do it right now. Like I'm not going to waste one second, one minute, one ounce. I'm very efficient. And this is not really going according to plan. And I make myself miserable. And I forget the fact that God has me on a process. He has me on a journey. And instead of sitting there and pouting and being mad about it, I should actually take a moment to do a few things, which I'm going to share with you. How to keep joy along the journey. Which is a great season to do that. With Christmas, we all could use a little more joy, right? 
The first thing is focus on the moment. Sometimes we are so focused on where we're going, what we want to do, what we want to be. We want to get to our desired destination that we forget to enjoy the journey and the process that we're in at this moment. And we can miss all the joy and all the beauty along the path. You know, obviously, you're going to get there eventually. But in between here and there, there's a lot of land to cover, and we get to decide what we're going to do with those moments. There's a lot of little moments along the way, and we have the opportunity to either go, am I there yet, like all of our kids do, or we can go, thank you, God, that I am on this journey, that I am in this moment, that you have blessed me with this opportunity right now. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be loyal. I'm going to choose to have joy, even though it doesn't look like my end destination, where I want to go, what I want to be, what I'm going to do. However, thank you, God. When we get so focused on the future, the destination, we forget about the moments. Dr. Matt always says this to me, PTC. Anybody else have that present time consciousness, Katie? I remember the first time you yelled it at me. I was like, what are you yelling at me for? (laughs) And he was like, well, you didn't really yell at me, but (laughs) it was like being present in this moment where you're at. He could tell. I think I was at the chiropractor getting an adjustment by him. And he could tell I was physically there, but I was mentally somewhere else. So much of the time we could physically be doing something, but so dissatisfied and mentally somewhere else that we're missing everything in this moment that God has created for us. You've got to slow down and enjoy and savor the moment. So when we were 23, we, we had always dreamt of having a real estate portfolio. We're like, we're epic. We're 23. We're going to buy our first duplex. And we actually did. We were young. We got married at 21. We bought our first property. It was so exciting. We also worked for a church. And uh, income wasn't super, you know, like on the high end. We didn't have multiple streams at that time. And um, then we added some babies in the mixture. And that was really exciting. So income kind of decreased and expenses increased. And we still have this awesome property. And we ended up having to short sale it. And I remember really, really disappointed of being like, really? Like, I'm going backwards. And I just thought, okay, I've been a renter before. I'm going back to being a renter. And I was so angry about it for many, many, many years, actually. We actually, I I don't even remember how many years it was, babe, but we actually just bought our first home after that last year, a year and a week ago, to be exact. (laughs) However... I had made a decision that I was only going to be happy when that happened. We were renters in some really beautiful properties, some really beautiful areas, some really beautiful opportunities that we did have. But I had had a mindset and a decision that I will be happy when I get a house because then I can paint my own walls and this will be mine. In the meantime, I really despise this. And my poor husband had to listen to it for many, many years. Well, I'm not that bad, but but I remember looking back last year when we did get our house of going, if I knew this moment in this house, in this dream property was coming my way, I would have handled the journey a whole lot better. I would have been more present in those moments knowing that God was with me in those rental properties. God was with us. He was for us. But I had lost the joy in the moment along the journey because I had decided to focus too much on the future 
and not on the present. So I want to encourage you guys, don't only decide to be happy when. Because spoiler alert, unless you're going to be like a couch potato, just eating Cheetos all day, not doing anything great for your life. And if you're going to accomplish something, this is basically life. You're always going to want to be somewhere else. You're always going to be on a journey. So we have to make a decision to have joy on the journey, regardless of what that looks like and feels like. It actually says this in the Bible, Matthew 6, 34. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way. One day at a time, tomorrow will take care of itself. Philippians 4a, finally, brothers, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Think about those things. Think about the journey that you're on. Think about where you used to be and how far you've come. Think about those lovely things. Think about the progress you've made. Think about the last year, all the good, and look back and know that you are on a journey. Focus on the present. Be present in the moment and thank God for that and take your joy back. Also, You need to focus on what you have. Point number two is focus on what you have. What do you have? It's so easy to focus on what we don't have, isn't it? Like, oh my gosh, if I only had, I don't know what I want now, a private jet so I don't have to wear a mask on an airplane. That would be great. But focus on what you have, not what you don't have. We live in the United States of America. We live in the most incredible nation in the world. You're here, so you have friends. You probably had something to eat today. You probably have a job. You probably have clothes to wear, thank you. But there's so much that you do have and small things of how blessed you are that if you focus on what you don't have, you will quickly watch the joy be sucked out of your life. We've been created to take territory grow and influence, expand. However, be thankful for right now. And there's a healthy tension, right? I'm not saying just settle. We're not about settling and just going, okay, I guess this is just what I'm gonna have. However, thank you, God, that I have what I have right now on the way to where I'm going and dreaming big for. And you will find that will be really helpful. I know my kids are dreaming of all the things that they don't have at the moment as the Christmas catalogs are coming out. And I have to remind them often as they're listing off their two pages of things and how much they need all of these things of going, did you forget actually how much you do have? That the things you have, you once dreamt of and you once begged us for and you once worked for and now you have and you actually love them. But there's that carrot that's always dangled before us of what you don't have. There's always bigger. There's always better. And you should have bigger and better. But in the meantime, be thankful for what you actually do have. With our house, it was a true miracle for us. It was a complete God story. And we were so literally pumped off our faces to close and get keys over a year ago. It was literally the most amazing. But quickly, you can look at what other people's houses look like or that new car and you thought yours was cool, but theirs is cooler. And you're like... I thought mine was really cool. My Prius was epic until Dr. Matt rolls in his Maserati. (laughs) I no longer have a Prius. We have a Mercedes. (laughs) We've upgraded. 
However, in the meantime, what do I have? It's easy to suck the joy out of your life to compare and contrast somebody else's things to yours. Take an inventory. Sometimes we just need to sit ourselves down and get a list often and remind ourselves, what do I have? I am happy. I am healthy. I have a husband. I have a house. I have a car. I have epic friends. I actually am really healthy. Like, this is really good. These are all things to celebrate, right, in life? And it will quickly snap you right out of your funk and remind yourself, actually, my life isn't as bad as I was feeling a minute ago. So sit yourself down and think about the progress of the things that you have attained because of your hard work and your effort. There is progress to be celebrated. And don't forget that. Remind yourselves. 1 Timothy 6.6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Be content with what you have. Be thankful for the things you have. Be appreciative. Don't forget. Don't compare. All right? Otherwise, your joy is going to go out the door. That really stinks. Number three, focus on who you are versus on comparing yourself to others. You know what can take the joy out of your life is comparing yourself to other people. Looking at who God made somebody else to be and compared to who you are and thinking you're less than them. Do you think God made you an accident? He made you on purpose, exactly how he wanted you to be. But if you forget that you have been created for a purpose, you will quickly lose your joy. Have you ever fallen trap of the Instagram comparison game? You open up those squares and you're like, my hair has never been done in my life. This is a girl perspective, right? Her hair is perfect every time. She throws the most epic party. She's the most organized human. She can dance like Rachel, because she's like Rachel. Like in my dreams, I'm, I just want to be like her on the dance floor. Actually, I do, but I'm never going to be. <laughs> She's the perfect party animal. What am I? I'm not that. I just am this sweet. In my dreams, I am somebody else. But who I am is actually just, I determine, I'm just a sweet person. I'm really sweet, even though I want to be really bad, you know, just like one of those cool girls, right? And the fact that I have to say that proves that I'm not one of them. Like, I'm just going to be, and you're all nodding your head, so it's fine. I'm fine. I'm confident. It's who God made me to be. But I've taken a million of those personality tests, like the Enneagram. I'm number one, a perfectionist. So awesome. And then I've taken the Strength Finder. Anybody taken the Strength Finder? There's like 20 some of those. And I've discovered I'm all the super fun things as well. Like super fun. I'm discipline. I'm harmony. I'm consistency. I'm analytical. I'm just like a party on legs, right? <laughs> like that is Samuel. That is my husband. And I'm like, oh man, I just really, I'm actually kind of an introvert. I like people to a certain point and then I have to go into my house and I have to disappear and I have to take a nap because I'm tired because I have so many words that I've used today. And I want to put my stretchy pants back on. I'm always mad when I have to wear jeans. Like, why do I have to wear jeans? Can I just wear yoga pants every day? If I never had to leave my house ever again, I would actually be okay. 
I'd actually really like to be a hermit, but my, my life and my career actually does not even promote that. So I'm with people all day, every day, and I'm not a hermit. But that is actually who God created me to be. He created me not to be the party animal friend. He created me to be a great, kind, supportive friend. He created me with unique plan and purpose with no accident. And I love in Psalm 139, it says, Oh, yes, you shape me first inside, then out. You form me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration with the creation. You know me inside and out. You know my, every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Yeah. Like, how incredible is God that he created you on purpose? He didn't need a hundred me's because we wouldn't maybe have epic dance parties. He also didn't create a hundred of you's because maybe we'd all be, you know, triple Xing all the time and crazy and planning all these parties, but nothing could ever get done. But he's created every single one of you with specific plan, purpose, skills, talents, abilities that he wanted in you. And if we compare and contrast ourselves to each other, we're gonna get really disappointed in who God created us to be. But if we remind ourselves, God actually created me to be me. He, li- he likes that I want to just chill after a while. He likes that I enjoy being strategic and planning something more than actually, actually being the party animal, that I'm not as good at that. That that's the beauty of the body of Christ, right? We all work together and we can have fun all together and it makes it much more exciting. But you'll lose your joy when you focus on who you're not. So focus on who you are. Don't insult God and what he created you to be. People are likely admiring what you are Because what you think might be ordinary or plain or simple is being admired by others. There's a lot of people that will look at you and want what you have. And you not even realize the talent and skill and ability that you have that God has given to you. Don't allow the comparison game to steal your joy. Number four, focus on other people. That's so counter culture for America, isn't it? It's all about like the magazine, it's called Self. Okay, that's great. It's a a constant issue of thinking about ourself. We need me time, we need to step back. We gotta focus on ourselves, self projects. Now I'm not saying that you shouldn't take care of yourself and steward yourself and have healthy boundaries. Because if you know me, I have boundaries and healthy boundaries. You need to be able to read yourself and know when is good to not just constantly be serving other people and actually go home and take a nap or go to sleep. (laughs) Every day. That's right, all my nappers unite. (laughs) However, I'm talking about a joy that comes when we serve other people. So when we first came here to Awaken, Samuel and I were in charge of the high team, the best team in the whole planet. It's like really a great team. You just say hi to all the people, that's it. You just say hi, you're friendly, you're welcoming, you make people feel like they're at home. But a lot of times I would be going through a difficult moment. The first seasons here in San Diego weren't my finest, and definitely weren't my funnest, if that's a word. 
And I would often not want to serve other people. I'd often think, you know what, I don't want to go to church because my life is actually really, really hard right now. I have a really good excuse as to why I should not be coming here and serving other people. I just want to think about myself, be sad for myself, sip on myself, read a self-magazine, feel bad for myself. Hopefully somebody will reach out and actually care about me. I don't really want to put on this shirt and say hi to people and be friendly because I actually really have a rough scenario right now. But what I would find is I would come and I would join that team And at the time, it was a blue high shirt. With my blue high shirt, it's really easy to get dressed in Sunday mornings with those shirts. You just put the shirt on. And I would find over the course of time, I would be standing at the front door, mingling in the lobby, that eventually I would get out of my funk as I was serving other people. I would get my eyes off of myself my struggle, my situation, and go to help somebody else's life in their situation, what they're going through. And it's actually a scientific thing. I'm not a doctor, but it's the helper's high. You guys have probably heard about it, but it's actually, it consists of positive emotions following selfless service and acts to other people. It increases your health, increased longevity are associated with this psychological state. It's actually a thing that God has instored, instilled in us to be people that don't just focus on ourselves, but we focus on others. And that brings us so much joy. If you've ever volunteered and you come and you just have so much fun playing with the kids in kids' church or being on the high team or being on the parking team, there's something about getting outside of yourself and focusing and serving other people that lifts your heart and brings you joy in your life. And the Bible is littered with all sorts of great verses that support this. Philippians 2, 3, prefer others over yourself. Luke 6, 31 talks about, ask what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. Do unto others as you want them to do unto you. Mark 12, 31, love your neighbor as yourself. Luke 6.38, give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you. The measure of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. Instead of focusing on yourself and waiting for the good to come to you like the world says to do, the Bible says the opposite. It says to go out there. It says to go serve. And as a result, I promise you, some of the most incredible fruit will come back in your life. You will find the things that you need in your situation. I found that when we came, we kept showing up and we serve others. Actually, our prayers were answered. God brought people, relationships, friendships, opportunities, incredible doors that opened only because we actually showed up. Get your eyes off yourself and onto others and watch how your life explodes. Get involved. If you haven't already volunteered, get in DNA some of the most incredible opportunities to use your skill, your gift, your talent, get connected. And I promise you will reap a harvest that will bring so much joy when you, when you do that. And lastly, focus on God's purpose versus your own wants and your own comforts. That's a tough one, right? It's not very fun to not want to be comfortable, right? And have to be pushed in out of our own comfort zone. But we don't exist just to live here and have a great business, a white picket fence life. We've been created with purpose by God and to fulfill what he has for our life on this earth.
Every single one of us, God has called and ordained. And in Matthew, it talks about go and make disciples. Every single one of us are called to serve God's purpose, to go and make disciples. Go tell people about Jesus. Go tell them about how good he is in your life. Share your story. That's not just a pastor thing. It's an everybody thing. It's a believer thing. Live your life as a testimony, a walking billboard of God's goodness and grace on your life. We're called to introduce people to him and just help them get their lives rocked by God. I'm sure you can think of a couple people that you would think, wow, if they were just here tonight and they could feel and experience the presence of God, how incredible that would be. Focus on God's purpose. You know, that's not always been easy for me because I am a particular personality that since I've been a little girl, I could always feel ministry and calling on my life. And I remember being the ages of my girls actually, and just wanting everything that Jesus had for me. But as I grew, it started to inconvenience my life a little bit. I had a plan, I had an agenda, but God had purpose on my life. And it wasn't always for comfort, but I've had to learn how to submit that to God And the joy and the fruit that has come from that of submitting to the purpose and plan of God is far greater than anything that I could have done was just staying in my comfort zone and doing what I wanted to do in my life. It talks about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. God's will, God's way will bring joy to your life. Don't just settle for not serving what God has in store for your life. Pursue His will, pursue His way. And I promise you will experience some of the greatest joy in your life as you walk out your calling, as you walk out your purpose, whatever sphere that is. It may not be on this platform. It might be as a gym owner. It might be as, you know, somebody who works at a spa. It could be a business owner. It could be a variety of things. But God has called you to carry His purpose. And as you submit your will to His, He's gonna use you. And that is going to bring just incredible fruit of joy in your life. Amen. Why don't you guys all stand with me? I know this is a personal message actually for me. Joy hasn't always been an easy thing that comes natural. And joy is something that I've actually had to choose to fight for in my life. And I've not always done it right. And I'm probably not gonna always do it right in the future. But I always love to remind myself to be thankful and not lose the joy in these things, to be thankful for who God created me to be for what he's given me, whether it's my skills, my talents, walking God's purpose out in my life, all of these things. And maybe for some of you guys, why don't we just close our eyes in the last couple moments and I'll invite Pastor Samuel, my pastor up. (laughs) That's what Dr. Matt called him, my pastor. He is, and he's a great, my pastor. He's my preaching coach. He's all the things. (laughs) But in these final moments, as we're entering the first day of December, what a great time to reclaim your joy. What a great opportunity to remind yourself 
of what God has for you and stop the enemy from robbing you from the goodness that's in your life and on your life and take it back. So let's just close our eyes. Just lift your hands to God. And if that's you, in your own words, begin to cry out to God. Ask him for just a refreshing of your heart, of your spirit, of the thankfulness of the things that he's done in your life, the greatness of the people in your life, the opportunity, the fact that we get to know him, the fact that we get to live in the United States of America, that we can come to church. God, we thank you right now. God, I thank you that as this is in the last month of the last part of this year, God. God, I thank you right now for every single person that just needs a refreshing God of your joy in their life. God, we are so sorry for getting our eyes off track. And we choose God in this moment to get our eyes back on you, back on who we are, what we have, God, not comparing, but so thankful for the gift of knowing you and loving you, you loving us, God, that we choose in this season, God, to stop allowing anything to rob us. But God, that your peace and your presence would fill us, that December would be the best month of this entire year for every single person here. God, that they would feel your joy in a fresh way. The things that have bothered us, that got us off track. Thank you, Jesus, that we're refocused on you. We're focused on your goodness, God. And we thank you that this is the start of a new day a new month, and a new season for every single person. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.